0: Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today, since we've covered fantasy and reality, we're going to tackle the future, which for some people, and the way we're going to tackle it, is the bucket list. Mm -hmm. The things that you haven't done that you still want to do. Yep. But before we get there, Tiffany, just in case you sound a little different, where are you right now?
1: I'm in my in-laws apartment. Yes. Where I've spent a lot of time over the past year. Which is in some
0: ways great for us because they have the baby. Yes. While we record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there are good things about in-laws. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Many,
1: many. And if they're Italian in-laws, then there's also the food. So that's good.
0: Yes. And have you ever talked to them about their bucket list items?
1: No, but maybe I will do so over dinner tonight. That's a good idea. That's not a bad idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do it. I will. Then you can report back.
1: I will. So
0: we wanted to come prepared for this episode with lists of bucket list stuff that we had written down when we were much younger, probably about 20 years ago. Well, mine's not quite that old, but
1: let's just say that they were bucket lists before they were called bucket lists. Right. Because life it goals. used to be. Yeah. What, what was it called? Like a life to do list or a things I will do before I die list. Before that movie came up with the catchy expression bucket list that just really stuck. I
0: don't know if that movie came up with it. No. OK. I didn't. I think It was an expression before. But yes, I know what you mean. I wrote my original list in my junior year of high school in a class that was a lifestyle class where in addition to making us identify our goals they also taught us meditation which was pretty much nap time for high schoolers (laughs) (laughs) you would think that they would have talked to us about sex but that wasn't a part of it so i don't remember what else we learned in lifestyle class beyond meditation and to make goals
1: i would have loved that class i didn't get any of that in my christian school we got like bible study or something also nap time for teenagers
0: right yeah exactly (laughs) So we don't have those lists in front of us. When would you say you made yours?
1: I'm pretty sure that I made mine when I was either in university or graduate school. And I did it right into a journal that I was keeping at the time. I think I did it when I was reading a motivational book called Write It Down, Make It Happen. Which you might have alluded to. Is that the same one you alluded to in the... uh Fantasy episode? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's the same book. I definitely read more than one of those sort of motivational, like go after your dream books, which really work, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> all the things that I, at that age, at that time, almost everything that I was like really wanting to do, I went for. But anyway, yes, I think it might have been the same book. And it had many different sort of activities or exercises, I should say. And one of them was just make a list of all the things you want to do and come back to it 10, 20 years later, and see how many you've done. And I wish I had that list, but I'm pretty sure it's at my mom's house. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to
0: try to find mine, and I think it's out in the garage somewhere. I wish you had it. I'll read some of it maybe next week or something like that. Okay. Because your goals when you're a junior in high school are so different than your goals as somebody who's in their late 30s. I would think.
1: I think so, but I think that... (laughs) I think it's cool to look at the crazy things that you absolutely have no desire, that you didn't do and you have no desire to do anymore. And yet, also, I think it's even more interesting to see what did you actually do off of that list? Yes. I think I mentioned
0: one time on this show, and if I didn't, then this will be a funny story, and I'll make it brief in case I did, was that when I rediscovered that list for the first time years later, one of the things on the list was meet Jodie Foster. Uh Uh-huh. Do you remember this? No. Why her specifically? Was she your favorite actress? I have no idea. (laughs) That's the thing. Like, she must have been somebody I admired at the time. But the thing about it that was funny was, when I found the list, it was in a month of me having met Jodie Foster.
1: No (laughs) way. (laughs) But that kind of thing happens, I think. She was
0: on my radio show. I wish I had remembered, though, that... It was on the list because I feel like that would have been a really fun interaction with it, between the two of us. i had been like, you're a bucket list item for me.
1: Yeah, that would have been... Betsy, that, that's fun. Not to harp on this book that I read, but <laughs> she said in this book, and I can't remember the name of the author, but I know the name of the book was Write It Down, Make It Happen. She said, you know, if you write things down, it's like putting it out there into the universe. And even if you lose the list and you never read it again... Those things will have a way of happening. Of course, I mean, not every single thing is going to happen. You can write on there, you know, like become a prima ballerina and you're 50 years old. It's not going to probably happen. (laughs) But that's very interesting that that you found it just after having achieved one of those goals. That's crazy. What's interesting about it is that, one,
0: Jodie Foster is way shorter than you would suspect. She was shorter than me. Shorter than you?!
1: Sorry. And I'm so short. (laughs) I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to sound so surprised, but what are you, about five, five nil? Well, I'm short enough that
0: I would describe myself as five one and three quarters because I'm almost five two, but I'm just not quite five two. Oh, I thought you were closer to five even. No, five one, five one and three quarters. Okay. It's very important. (laughs) So she was shorter than me. She was very thin as you would expect a movie actor to be mm-hmm. she was really nice she came in with a whole bunch of people and was I don't know what she was thinking she wasn't quite sure if she was going to be on television or on the radio mm-hmm. and so she brought like her makeup team and I was like no this is radio you don't have to look like anything she's so relieved she was said I love radio I just love the sound of my voice <laughs> she put on the headphones and she was like hello hello <laughs> this is Jodie Foster. Man, I should have gone into radio. <laughs> but I mean, that is funny about one of those old goals is like, why did I want to meet Jodie Foster? I, I can't even imagine why. It must have been Silence of the Lambs. But it's not like that's one of my favorite films. So maybe she just seemed like a strong, powerful woman to me or something like that.
1: Oh, I know I went through a phase where she was one of my top actresses. Yeah. I think it was Jodie Foster and Helena Bonham Carter were my two top actresses when I was like high school age, I think.
0: Interesting. I know that there's an actor on that list, too, but I can't remember who it is. It's probably Eric Schweig, Last of the Mohicans. Oh, right. I had I drew a blank there for a second. Yeah, but it might have been somebody like Kevin Costner. (laughs) Oh no, That That would have been on your sister's list because she was the Dances with Wolves one, right? Yes, obsessed with Dances with Wolves. Such a long movie, too, to sit through so many times. I know, seriously. She was claiming, she listens to this podcast all the time. And of course, I've been talking about Last of the Mohicans forever. (laughs) (laughs) She said, you know, I want credit on your podcast for being the one that introduced you to the movie Last of the Mohicans. Ah. But that's not true, Sarah. No? No. Who introduced you to it? The first time I saw that movie was on a date with a guy named Jade. I was 15 years old and I hated the movie. I thought it was terrible. What? And then I couldn't get it out of my mind. And so then I felt like I had to go back and look, watch it again. And then I fell in love with it. Okay.
1: I just had a vision flash into my head. I'm pretty sure I saw that movie in the theater with you and Kate. You probably did. I took everybody I knew to see it. Okay. Because I remember, I know I saw it with Kate and now I'm thinking you were probably there too. It just would make sense that we saw it all together. I saw it seven times in the theater. In the theaters, oh my
0: gosh. I know. That's intense. Anyway, let's move on to the bucket list. Um, Yes. (laughs) My bucket list item is not to see Last of the Mohicans again Uh, seven more (laughs) times. I now have trouble actually watching that film because I know it so well. I know where all of the mistakes are. I know when the film is flipped over and you're seeing a reversed image. I know when something in the background's not going right. It's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. Way too much time spent doing that and not accomplishing some of the things on my junior year bucket list, which were <laughs> learn a Native American language. Oh. Not any closer to that than I was when I wrote it down. Although at the time, me and our friend Suzanne were trying to learn Sayin, which is I think how you pronounce the tribe's name. But we only got as far as learning how to say whale and eagle. <laughs> useful, useful. Yeah. Yeah. Coagson and Cowishin, which is which, I don't remember, and those are probably pronounced wrong. And then Learn American Sign Language was another one. You could still do that. I could still do that, but why? why? (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I need a good
1: friend that's deaf or something, and then I'll have the motivation to do it. I do a little bit of sign language with Aurelio. I mean, I do it. He doesn't do it back yet. But a lot of people sign with their babies. Yeah, I've heard that. It's like a way to help them communicate with you before they're fully vocal. I do just a couple of things that I feel like when he kind of catches on might be helpful. You're supposed to start around six months. They might start to do it around 10 or 11 months, something like that. So we'll see. Things like food. Yeah, food, milk, sleep, all done, more, water. Things that they might start crying for if they don't know how to express. So who knows? but I find it fun to do. Of course, it's not like complicated. It's not like I'm saying any full sentences, but I never thought about that before. It never was an, a goal of mine. A couple of mine, let's see. One of them was to run a marathon. <laughs> now I should put out there, I'm not a runner. No, I've never been. A, I, there was about a six month, let's say a one year period. I decided I wanted to start running. I went to Villa Pomfili, this amazing, gorgeous, sprawling park. I'm not far from where I used to live, and it's still not far from where I live now. I used to go there with Claudio when he was when we were still just sort of boyfriend and girlfriend. And he kind of helped me. I mean, he's not a huge runner either, but he does run. So he kind of gave me some tips and, and some psychological tips as well about sort of like pushing yourself past your limits and that kind of th- thing. And I got to the point where I really started liking it for about... Two months, something like that. And I got to the point where I could run for like an hour and a half, which was unheard of for me, if you know me. I can't (laughs) even picture it now. I can't picture it anymore (laughs) because it would never happen now. Um, No, I have like some little problem with my vertebrae in my neck. They're slightly misaligned, so I can't really run. It's just not good for my my neck if I do, and it's what causes my migraines. So I'm definitely not going to be running in the near future. Or ever, probably. But when I wrote that, it was before I had done that brief running kick. And I don't know why. What would you guess? I think I put that on there because it was like an accomplishment with a capital A. And I love accomplishing accomplishments I don't know how to say it (laughs) I love setting myself really difficult goals and then achieving them and like checking them off were you a gold star kind of kid you know funnily enough I wasn't I was not a a really really great student Uh, mostly because the things that interested me were not the things that you learn in school they were the things that you learn in your after school life like dance music theater that was what really interested me the only classes that I really excelled in were my English classes and 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 sometimes history, but mostly English and, and French, let's say. But math and science, I was a complete moron. I, I couldn't do it. So no, I wasn't like that in school. It was more of a more recent thing. But I recently found looking for some art and stuff to decorate my home office. I found A really cute thing. I think it's available online and you can just download it. You can just print it out yourself. It's free. And it's really cute. And it says, I can do hard things. (laughs) And I just love that. I'm like, I want to have this in my office. Yeah. Because I like to do hard things. I like to accomplish difficult things. You know, there's a difference between bucket
0: list items that you actually feel like you can accomplish and ones that are sort of like jokingly wishes that you have in your heart that you feel like you'll never accomplish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let me give you an example. I've always said that I would like to learn how to play the fiddle. But I only want to be able to play the fiddle well enough to be able to play the fiddle part on Bob Dylan's album that has the song Hurricane on it. (laughs) I'm forgetting what album that is. It might be called Hurricane. I'm probably wrong. Everybody listening just groaned and was like, that's wrong. But the irony to that is I would have to be the most amazing fiddle player to be able to accompany that album. (laughs) So... It's one of those goals that I'm pretty sure I will never do. Not only that, I don't even own a fiddle, nor have I ever tried to play one. So it's just more of a... I don't know. What is that? Is That's less of a goal and more of a statement or a joke or
1: a dream? I think it's a dream. I don't know. A fantasy. Going to go back to our fantasy episode. I don't know, but I definitely would like to be able to play the piano well enough to play Chopin's Ballade Number 1, but it'll never happen. It'll physically... I mean, I could start now. I could start taking lessons, and in 20 years, practicing every day, I still probably wouldn't be able to do it because that's the kind of mastery that only comes from... I think you have to be young. You have to start young to get to a certain level of mastery in something.
0: Don't you think? Definitely. It's interesting. I just went to this show at town hall, Seattle. That was about how to be a tutor. How to be a tutor, not like a school tutor, but from the tutor era, the tutor period. Oh,
1: okay. This just got way more interesting.
0: Yes, and it was written by <laughs> it was written by a woman who is a historian who's from Britain who specializes in not what the royals were doing, but what the little people in society were doing. It's little details. What did they sleep on? How did they wash up? Little things like that. One of the things she brought up was that back then, children were put to work fairly early on, learning a trade often or helping around the farm. And so they would become very skilled, very young at certain things. And because she sort of lived her life as a tutor, this woman for many years in researching this, she had a daughter that she taught how to do this very intricate braiding that they used to do back then. As a result, now her daughter's older, She is the master at this sort of braiding, which is very complicated and she can do it so fast that you can barely see what she's doing. And so she got hired by a film production company for something like Wolf Hall to do this braiding on camera, just her hands doing the mistress's hair. But she did it so fast that the people filming it said, you have to slow down, make it so that we can see each individual movement. The point of that story was, though, that if you teach a kid how to do a skill like that, they actually develop different muscles in their hands. So like the muscles that she has in her hands are these really fine motor muscles that allow her to do something like that so fast. But anybody learning it as an adult doesn't have that muscle structure. And so they'll never be as good as she is. Right.
1: It's got to be the same for musicians, obviously for dancers, for anyone who is using their body to do something that is difficult. You know, it's funny because I studied dance a lot as a child. I started when I was basically a toddler and I did it almost entirely up until the time I graduated high school. I don't do it anymore. I'm not in shape the same way that I was at that time. But if I have to do a few steps, it comes back to me. It's so weird. It's like the movements are in my body. Of course, they're not going to be as graceful and there's not, they're not going to be as precise as they would be if I were still doing it, but it's still there. It can come back out. If you train certain muscles in your body, I mean, like you were saying with your hands, but let's say you do like a ton of ab exercises and crunches all through your adolescence and, you know, your early adulthood, and then you stop doing them. If you start up again, those muscles are going to come back really fast, much faster than someone who's never done them. Even if you completely lose them, they'll come back right away. And I found the same thing is true with flexibility because I used to do yoga a ton, plus doing dance as a kid, my body was really flexible. But then I'll go through long periods in which I won't practice yoga. When I go back to it, I'll be really, really stiff. But in a month, it's back. I'm totally flexible again. So it's so weird and it makes me wish I had learned to do things like that when I was younger. Something that I could, I mean, knitting could be one thing. I, I learned to knit when I was little. So that I have sort of, it just comes back. It's just sort of there.
0: So we need to make kids create a bucket list like when they're born. Aurelia needs to start to get on it. What instrument do you want to play? What talent do you want to have?
1: Yeah, no, well, I'll just force it on him. I'll just be like, okay, you're going to study piano? No, he's got big hands. He's got quite large hands. So I'm thinking piano basketball <laughs> you can't force it though that's the problem no obviously I know you can't force it my mom put me in piano for a year and I hated it I totally believe you but I mean I know that's the case but this woman taught her daughter to do this thing and she took to it so I guess you got to just try and hope that something sticks
0: speaking about muscle memory I can remember when I was a kid and I was in gymnastics how easy it was to just be walking down the street and do a front walkover <laughs> as you're walking with a friend kind of flipping around. Obviously now I would never attempt to do that, but I was uh, on the road to being a relatively good vaulter. And I only did gymnastics for maybe three years in the summertime. So it wasn't like I was heading toward the Olympics or something like that. But, But I remember that the coach I had thought that because of my frame is so short and compact and because I had a general flexibility, I guess, that he thought if I trained right, I would be a really good vaulter. I didn't train right. And I remember being probably in seventh grade or something, and I was with my mom and dad, maybe, but definitely my mom, at a Boston Pops concert, sitting up in the bleachers watching it. For some reason, my head went to the fact that I'll never be able to do that. I just started thinking, it's too late. It's too late. You can't become a great vaulter when you're a seventh grader. And I started to (laughs) cry. My mom would probably not remember this at all, but if she did look over and saw me crying was probably thinking, oh, look, she's so moved by the music. (laughs) But really, I was crying because of the passage of time and realizing that some opportunities, if you don't take them, become impossible. And for whatever reason, at that moment, losing gymnastics was really bothering me. So what are we putting off today that we'll never have an opportunity to do if we don't get on it?
1: having kids having kids (laughs) yeah that's one of them you're in your late 30s the end is nigh Uh, (laughs) no i'm just kidding you can have these days you can have kids until your mid 40s easy no thanks i'll pass on the mid
0: 40s children i think but never say never i suppose
1: never say never well after menopause maybe you can say never okay well you know then i could adopt right exactly Not that adopting is, like, so simple. No. (laughs) Thousands of dollars and years of heartache. (laughs) Yes. There are a couple of things on that list that I know I can't do. On your old list? On my old list. Yeah, I mean, you should all know that I wrote that list when I was in grad school for opera, for, for classical music and for singing. You know, the reason that I was making lists like that, even though that list was all over the place, all sorts of different things from running marathons to walkovers maybe no i don't (laughs) think front walkovers were on the list but many many of the things that were on that list had to do with singing
0: yeah
1: and performing and i think on that list one of the things i mean this is very specific (laughs) so i don't think i'm going to give myself a hard time that i didn't accomplish it but one of the things on that list was i wanted to sing maria in west side story on broadway (laughs) (laughs) wow that's a good
0: goal (laughs) boy, you are in the wrong place for that. Yeah. Not
1: even in the right country. Or the right continent. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that I never did. And I know that it, like you with the vaulting, it's now too late. I really loved musical theater when I was a younger kid, when I was in elementary school, especially I was like obsessed with musical theater when I was in elementary school and then middle school. And then in, in high school, I got wooed away from musical theater by opera. It all became about opera, and I didn't want to know about musical theater anymore. It was all opera. And then I went through a period, maybe when I was in university or right before, right after, where I was kind of like, I need to decide, am I going to go after being an opera singer, or am I going to maybe try to do musical theater? I ended up deciding to try to go for opera. I kind of had this realization very recently, I don't know what I was watching, but if I had gone for musical theater, I think I would have had a way better chance, because I was quote-unquote, triple threat. I did dance, I did singing, and I uh, I did theater, although I wasn't the best dancer in the world. I was a decent dancer, but I wasn't, like, amazing or anything. Whereas going for opera was like putting all your eggs in one basket, kind of. You have to be so good at that one particular thing. You have to just be better than everyone. The competition is just fierce, and I'm not saying the competition in musical theater isn't fierce, but I think I was more... It was more suited to me, to my voice type, body type, personality type. And I was watching something into the woods. I was watching something that had, you know, some musical theater performance. And I thought to myself, you know, it's too late now. Okay. I'm totally happy with my life as it is right now. So I don't want it to come across as like sitting here in Rome, you know, with my adorable son and my writing job, regretting that I'm not doing musical theater because I'm totally happy where I am. But I loved to perform, and I loved to be on stage, and I feel like that's sort of like the life that I was supposed to have sometimes, and I didn't make it happen. For all my talk of, I make things happen, I go after my dreams, that was something that I didn't quite make happen, and I sometimes think if I had really focused on musical theater the way that I focused on opera, that it might have happened, to some degree. I'm not going to say I would have been winning Tonys or anything. But you never know. You'd be on Broadway instead of on a podcast? (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, maybe I would only be in the chorus. I'm not going to say I would be the star of the show, but I would have liked to have done that at least for a few years and then maybe said, "Okay, now I'm done. Now I'm going to move to Rome. Yeah. It's interesting because
0: both of us were raised in the theater. There is this part of yourself that is missing forever when you're no longer in the theater anymore. Mm -hmm. Even when you think back on whatever your last play was and you think I didn't know that that was going to be my last play. Yeah. I mean you never know. Maybe you'll get in a play someday again but like my downstairs neighbor took up acting again in his 50s and now he gets to play parts like the mailman and (laughs) Santa Claus. (laughs) So you never know how it's going to work out. I would never give up our time in the theater just for how it formed friendships. The confidence it gave us. The skills it gave us. But at the same point it's a
1: big hole. Yeah, It is a big hole. It's an unfillable hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really sad when I, when I sort of made that realization the other day. I was like, oh gosh, it's too late for me now. I'm in my late 30s. There's, it's not going to happen. Even if I were 25 right now, it's not like I would be getting on a plane for New York and starting to do some auditions. I'm doing other things and, and that's fine. But like you said, there's a hole that it's part of your personality too. That's just kind of like goes unexpressed, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's such
0: an intellectual decision, because when you think about what your career is going to be, you have to acknowledge where you are not good enough. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I had two things, because I originally went to college thinking I would do theater, but I had two things. One, I didn't want to audition for the rest of my life. I was a terrible auditioner, and a lot of times when I got into a play, it would be because people knew that I could do it like on the other side, Mm -hmm. so reputation, basically, Not to say that that doesn't happen as an adult, that your reputation gets you jobs. Well, it doesn't at the beginning. Like, you have to get there first. It doesn't at the beginning. And then the second thing was, I acknowledged the fact that I wasn't good enough. It wasn't like I was a terrible actor, but I wasn't a a great one. I always had trouble completely suspending my disbelief, or what would it be? Yeah, just suspending your disbelief. That's it. Is that what it is? Completely being there and not thinking at all about some of the other stuff that's going on around it, Uh which meant that I could never get fully into character. And maybe I could have learned that, but you have to acknowledge, like when you're acting with a bunch of people and you know you have friends who are really good
1: and you just don't see that in yourself, I thought it would just be a never-ending heartbreak. Yeah, it might have been. I I kind of went through that as an opera singer. I think that I had and have a lot of talent um, and I had some good teachers, some, some not good teachers, But my tech, you know, I just, I just had problems. I, I always had like vocal issues. I always had technique issues. And as much raw talent as I had, I don't think that I had the skill to really fulfill that potential. If these things are so hard for me, how in the world am I supposed to make this happen? I should be like the best of the best. And then it'll be a challenge, not decently good. I'm not going to say decently good. I was Quite good, but I wasn't stellar. Very few school colleagues were just stratospheres ahead of everyone else. And those are the people having careers. And it's usually like one or two per graduating class. And that's at the conservatory level. The whole entire, my entire class at one of the most important conservatories in the United States, maybe one or two of those people are having real careers right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Life. So heartbreaking. Uh, it, is, it is. But I wouldn't
1: trade that education and that training for anything, though. No. Because like you said about our time in the theater as kids, it's so much a part of, of what makes you you. Yeah, I agree. You wouldn't give it up.
0: We've wandered off our bucket list goals. We really have. We're getting really sentimental. W- give me some other items off that list of yours. Well, what I think we should do is next episode, perhaps, we should talk about actual goals for the future
1: i think that's a great one i like it which means we might have to actually sit down and think about it well oh, it might be a good challenge for us you
0: guys could do it too out there listening yeah do it too because then we can share some of your life goals yes and it doesn't all have to be travel or foreign country related
1: but it can be
0: it, it can, can be. <laughs> be it can be
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but it doesn't have to be i mean i think a lot of mine would be travel related but okay how should you do that first you have to become a friend of ours on facebook yes that's a rule. That's a rule.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and it's not a friend, it's a fan. Okay. You can only become friends with actual people, but we're a fan page, so you have to become our fan <laughs> sorry okay flatter
0: us with your fandom you have
1: to like us on facebook get the lingo down katie i'm not even on facebook and i know that the lingo is you have to like us on facebook okay yes you can also tweet us you can also i mean i
0: should be giving the addresses at bittersweet pod facebook.com slash bittersweet life
1: or is it the bittersweet podcast we should figure this out (laughs) this is why nobody's liking us (laughs) i know no hey we've got like 150 or so or 200 even we've got some people
0: find some links at our website the bittersweetlife.net you can also email us bittersweetlife at mail.com and tell us what your bucket list goals are yeah
1: yeah do it we will share the best ones our next episode yeah i like that idea and maybe it'll inspire us you can also put down some things that you have achieved if you want, not just random stuff you've achieved, but like a specific goal you set for yourself that you went out and did. Yes.
0: Like you learned American Sign Language. You met Jodie Foster.
1: Actually, that reminds me. One of mine was speak five languages fluently. And you're what, at three? I'm at three. Although French, mm, I'm not going to say that I speak it fluently. You speak it better than me. It's okay. It's okay. But I don't speak it fluently. But yeah, I need to get two more. You can do it. I'm old now, so it's going to be a challenge. I can't remember any of the other ones. I wish I had that list, but who knows where it is. Well, maybe we'll find that list somewhere in between. Maybe
0: you can have your mother root around for it. Although, you probably don't want to reading other stuff that's in that journal. No, drawer. it's inside <laughs> of a journal. I'm like, it's dangerous. Yes. All right, so this episode has been more about goals that we didn't accomplish. <laughs> yeah, sad. So next <laughs> week, we'll talk about things that we would like to try to do or already have done mm-hmm. before life is over. (laughs) It always comes back to the macabre, really. Okay, good. Well, should we leave it there? Let's leave it there. Please do write. We would love to read your thoughts. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Write us. Don't forget. Bye. We welcome your questions and your feedback. Reach the show by emailing bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at mail.com.